Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Because I'm anointed to teach, thank you because your people are anointed to receive and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. So we've been talking about uh, people, places, and what? And purpose. We've been talking about people, places, and purpose. And one of the things that we've been very big on, you need to follow this, is that these things are determinants. These things determine how our life will end up. And we talked, we, we spent a lot of time on people. The people around our life, the people we choose to associate with, will determine a lot about our lives. And I want you to really take this message very seriously because your life will primarily be determined by these three things. The people you associate with, the people you work with, uh, the places you go to. And we were dealing with the concept of places last Wednesday. Can we go, go back to Acts chapter 17 and verse 26? Acts chapter 17 and verse 26. The Bible says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. So, uh, the NIV, you can leave it, the NIV says, For one man... He made every nation. I need you to follow this. That every nation on this earth was actually made from one man. Okay? Now, so, sometimes, I, I, well, I don't know how true it is, but uh, um, scientifically, people have said that our colors are only skin deep. What that means is that if you go beyond our skin, there's really no difference between a white man and a black man. Hmm? Come on now. Well, actually, there are no black people. There are colored people, right? Because this is black. Is anybody black like this? I mean, there are some black guys like this. <laughs> anybody who is black like this is really black. Okay, so probably your brown chocolates. Um, do we have purple people? No, I'm not sure. Okay, so you realize that the Bible says that every nation, you need to follow this carefully, every nation was made from one man. So actually, we are all one race called the human race. Are you following this? So, you know, when we go by the pigmentation of our skin or the color of our skin, then we're not talking about white people, black people, and all of that. But the Bible says that He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. So it means that from one man, God made everybody and decided where they should live. Having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Why is this very important? Because it tells us that, uh, you know, I know, especially with the turn of events right now in our nation, uh, it, it, it doesn't look like it, but the truth of the matter is that God ordained that we should be here. You know, you realize that 
uh, most people do not determine where they are born or where they come from. That's, that's highly determined by God. I know today people try to go give birth outside and, and all of that, but that's not what I'm talking. Essentially, every human race did not determine their boundaries. God did. So that means that geography, come on now, is important to God. The, the places of our habitation is important to God. And the truth of the matter is, where you are will determine a lot of things about, or the places you go to will determine a lot of things about your life. Now, uh, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 8. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 8. Um, the scripture was speaking. It says, When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance when he divided the sons of man he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the sons of god so he says when the most high gave the nations their inheritance when he separated the sons of man he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the sons of Israel. So we realize in this place, I'm trying to establish something, that the boundaries of nations, the habitations of nations, and the geography of nations is determined, first of all, by the sovereignty of God. And, and, and therefore, God has specific inheritances. Or specific inheritance in nations for people. And that's why as a child of God, you must, you must take the issue of your geography very important in prayer to God. Because there are places that God will send you. There are places that God will want you to be in. Are you following this now? Now, when you go to those places, the purposes of God in your life is executed or it's, uh, it's, it's fulfilled. Go to Exodus chapter 23 and verse 31. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 31. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 31. It says, I will fix your boundary from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines. I will fix your boundary from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines. And from the wilderness to the river Euphrates. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand. And you will drive them out before you. Now, when the Lord was giving the children of Israel this land, He gave them boundaries. He gave them the space they are to occupy. He gave them the lines of their boundaries. He did not just say, well, go and just occupy everywhere you see. No, He placed geographical Boundaries. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 22. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 22. And I'm just trying to establish a simple fact that the, the, the habitations and where we live and the geography uh, is something that is predetermined by God. In Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 22, it says, You also give them kingdoms and people. And look at this, and allotted them to them as a boundary. They took possession of the land of Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and the land of Og, the king of Bashan. So when the Lord was giving the children of Israel the, 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 
the, the place to occupy, he gave them boundaries. He told them exactly where they are to go. He didn't just tell them, go and occupy any land you see. And so it's very important in your life. There are places you will go, you will not be able to fulfill purpose. And there are places you will be in and you'll be able to fulfill purpose. So for the believer, where you are, where you stay, your geography is important to the purposes of God and to your having a successful life. Let's go to a very popular verse of scripture in Joshua chapter 1 and let's read from verse 3. Joshua chapter 1. And we are going to read from verse 3. And we would stop at verse 4. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3 to 4. It says, let's start reading from verse 1. Now it came about, now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Verse 3, look at this, because we only quote verse 3, but we do not quote verse 4. Verse 3 says, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Now go to verse 4. Verse 4 says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittite, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun, will be your territory. Come on, how many of you realize that God told him everywhere the sole of his feet will trend, will be also for in possession, and vex four, God gives him the boundaries of where he should tread. So because believers take this scripture and then they go anywhere they want to go and they say, well, anywhere my soul. No, no, no. God didn't tell him to tread the whole earth. God says, anywhere your soul gets into from the land of the Hittites to the river Euphrates, from, he gave him the boundary. It's like saying, we own this plot of land. And he says, anywhere you build your house, you can build from there to there. That's what an architect does. What does an architect do? A quantity surveyor. He first of all, I think in an architect, <laughs> okay, surveys the land. Come on now. Bands, builds the boundary and say, you can put the boys quarter here. You can, you cannot take now, decide to say, well, <clears throat> well, I, I, the land is, is as long as that side. I like that side. And then you're not going to build your building there. It won't work. So there are, so before you take Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, first of all, ask the Lord verse 4, where are the boundaries? Where, where should I stay? I know this is, I don't know whether it looks too simple or it looks foolish. I don't know how it looks, but sometimes people don't take this importantly. And that's very important. You must not move to the wrong geography. The Lord has to lead you. And if you open yourself up to the Lord, the Lord will lead you. Either by circumstances, but most times it will lead you by the inward witness. You will find yourself in the place where you need to be. For instance, if we look at our life, there was nothing River State and Bonnie Island in my, in my dreams, in my vision. I never had a vision or a dream. I've always lived in Delta State. I mean, I mean, there was nothing. I think before I even came to, 
to, before, before we came to plant the church here, I didn't come to Podakot more than maybe once or twice in my lifetime. What am I coming this way for? There was nothing bringing me here. Of course, I didn't study engineering or any of the science courses, so there was no job I was looking for here. Most of my ministry was down, you know, Delta State and all of that. But in the, in the, in the purpose of God for my life, uh, this is a significant place. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you here? So, in the purpose of God for my life, this is a significant place and the Lord's led me here. Now, if I need to leave this place, I need to find out if the Lord is asking me to. Now, like I said, I'm not talking about, for instance, you, you, you work in a company and then the Lord and then the company is moving you somewhere. And, now, but there are also times where the Lord can tell you, well, leave that job. I want you here for a purpose. I know that stuff. Come on, what drives the average believer today? Say it. Okay, so just say money, whether that's what you want to say or not. Everybody say money. That's what drives the average believer. Let's say you have a job paying one million a month in Podakot, and you have a job paying 500,000 a month in Delta State. Come on, where are you going to go? Everybody's going to go where? Podakot. But do you think it's possible for the Lord to say, well, come on, I need you to be in Delta State because I want to use you for something there? You think it's possible? It's possible? Come on, talk to me now. You think it's possible? Do you think you will accept it as God saying that? It's easy to say when you haven't had the offer. You know, when, when it's easy to say in the example. You right? When I say example, somebody wants to pay you one million, another person wants to pay you five hundred thousand, and God says take the one of five hundred, I say yes, sir. Because in your mind, even five hundred thousand in the example is big. But when you really have those two paper in front of you, and your mind tells you what 500,000 extra can do. You know, even if you meet some pastors and say, which one should we take? Say, ah, what, why are you? <laughs> why are you saying which one should we take? Take this one. It's clear. God is favoring you. There is no need to ask this. So, it's because sometimes we allow money to drive us. I've had a very interesting experience in my life very early. Uh, two churches invited me, then uh, trusting God for, for, for finances and all that. And then there's a church that I know if I go to, there'll be a blessing to me. Way back there, was about 30,000. They used to give me 30,000 every time I go preach. There's another church I go to. The man has told me right from day one that hmm, uh, it is well with you when you come and when you go. I mean, to be honest, I was just young then and and, and, and I was having this battle in my mind. Yeah. You know, sometimes you feel as pastors, we don't have that battle. It's always easy for us to obey the will of God. No, it's not. We have to do the word just as you would do the word. We face the same devils you face. If, if we don't even face them higher. You know. And, and, and of course, I didn't pray about which of the invitations to take. So I just told this guy, I'm going to be available. And the Lord said, why, why are you going there? I said, I want to bless them. God says, no, you don't want to bless them. <laughs> they will bless you. Are you understanding that? But it says, if you're walking by faith, you go this way. And it's, it's like that. Because we walk by faith and not by what? By sight. And so somebody wants to know, so which one did you go to? Numbers chapter 9. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 22. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 22. Praise God. Nehemiah 9 22. 
Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 22. So I'll tell you how that story ended. I didn't obey God fully. I went where they were to give me the cash. The guy gave me a check. Till today, the check has not cashed. Alright, so Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 22. <laughs> so God was wiser than me. But I walked by, by sight and not by faith. You also gave them kingdoms and people. And I allotted to them the boundary. They took the possession of the land of Sihon, the king of Ishban, and the land of Og, the king of Bashan. If you go to Deuteronomy 11 verse 24, it tells us the same thing. Please could you go with me to Genesis chapter 26. This simple message I'm telling you, it can change your life. And now let me tell you something. The scripture says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Any land God has sent you, accept the place and love it. Hmm? For us, I mean, we've, we love this land. We've, I mean, it's just home for us. Because if you, if you have this one leg here and one leg out, the Lord will fully not be able to bless you in the land. You can be obedient and not be willing. You know, the Lord can send you on a place. Say, I like this place, but you're not willing. There is a law for the... You see, let me tell you something. And, and this is my, 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 my... I don't want to use my philosophy. This is what I know from God's word. This is what I tell people. If God cannot bless you here, He can't bless you anywhere. You know, sometimes in our mind, we limit God. We feel that if it is not Lagos, if it is not Abuja, if it is not London, if it is not Canada, we will not be able to do what God has done. You need to deal with that limitation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Spend time meditating on God's word. Deal with it. Deal with that limitation. I, 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 I know that God can, has the ability. And I know if God needs to cost the ravens. I was reading the book of Numbers and I love it. They say, well, are we going to get meat in this place to feed all these people? And the Lord says, is my hand too short that I cannot save? And he blew ravens to them. And I like the way God walked with them in the wilderness. He says, you will eat meat. And I like, ah, man, I like it. He said, not one week. Not one month. Not one year. He says, you will eat meat until it comes out of your nosery. Superabundance. You know, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> you know, my, my mom did that to my younger sister. Maybe that's where my mom got, got the wisdom from. One of my sisters used to like fish a lot. Once you serve soup, Ah, she would eat the fish. They flogged that. She would still eat the fish. So my mom did what God did to the children of Israel. One day my mom went to the market and bought this scurvy fish. Lots of oil and stuff. Did like four big ones. Ah, when she saw it, she was excited. Removed all the bone. Put it on a tray. Said, eat. I know when they, give you, when they serve you food like that, first of all, you will lose appetite. Because they are serving you food. You know, you, before they would say, don't eat me. Now they now say, eat. So, naturally, I mean, she was crying. My mom, you will finish everything. By the time she was done, next time, she will finish all her soup, all her bath. She will not carry the meat. Say, no, I say, no, 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 she's okay. She doesn't like fish. That's what children of Israel. You realize, you realize they never ask for meat anymore. God says, you will eat meat until, since you want meat, you will eat it. Comes out of your nursery. 
Genesis 26. There is nothing you want in this world that will satisfy you. Only God can. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Realize, ask our politicians why they are still stealing. Money doesn't satisfy them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nothing in this world. If you do not learn it, you will be in a constant pursuit of what is not lost. Look at Genesis 26. Now there was famine. There was a famine in the land besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerah to Abimelech the king of, of the Philistines. Verse 2. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I tell you. Did you look at that? It says, Don't go to Egypt. Stay in the land that I tell you. Because the primary way of going is when there is famine, people run to Egypt. When there was famine, Abraham went to Egypt. So he saw it as a pattern. Let me tell you something. People's movement does not always mean you should move that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, come on. Are you listening to what I'm saying now? That all your friends went somewhere and succeeded. No. He says, stay in the land that I'll tell you. What was the, the, the consequences of this? The Bible says, even in the year of famine, he planted and God caused him to prosper. So that tells us that his prosperity was not tied into the circumstances going on around. His prosperity was tied to God. Naturally, in this nation, things are not the way we, we need it to be. But I also know something. That the Lord can prosper us in spite of everything going on. Come on, I said God can prosper us in spite of everything going on. God can bless us in spite of everything going on. In fact, uh, my pastor friend, Abuja Pastor Paul, I spoke with him this afternoon. And he told me, yeah, I mean, the way things are going on there. But I said, well, there's good news. My brother just got a better job yesterday. And he was supposed to resume today. So in the midst of all of this, people are still getting, getting jobs. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's why I warned you earlier. Alright? Don't destroy the year with your mouth. Because before December 31st, the Lord can still perform amazing miracles in your life. That when you look back, 2020 will be one of the best year ever. God can still do amazing things. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Alright. So the Lord told him not to go down to Egypt. God says, stay here. So that means God was concerned about his geography. First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17. God wants you. There are places God wants you to be in. And one thing I know, and let me say this, especially about going abroad or relocating and all of that. I know people have different opinions to that. But let me tell you something. God will not want you to be in the U.S. and you will have to falsify your financial documents. God will not take you to places with illegal documents. Let me repeat it. I said God will not take you to places with illegal documents. Because we have people who are married here and they call themselves believers and they will go outside and do false marriages to get papers. It's not the Lord sending you. That's the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the Lord will not tell you to go and tell the embassy to deny that you are married here or you are divorced here. And some women in the, in, in, in the whole thing of better life, you will not, they will feel, oh, no problem. Me and my husband, we have agreed. They will not say they are not married there. Go and marry a white man. I'm telling you about believers. I'm not, well, they, they shouldn't be believers. I'm telling you about people who come to church. Huh? Then after a couple of years, they are now praying. Even some people who's gone to start churches, gone to start there with illegal papers, 
if the Lord wants you to do anything abroad, He will open the doors. That's always been my, my heart desire. You know, all these things that stories are not straight. I don't believe it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The wisdom of this world cannot bring the righteousness of God to place. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Come on, are you, are you following me? Or you don't know people go abroad like that? Or you have tried it before it didn't work. That's why you are quiet. Some of you will be looking for white girls on Facebook to tell them that they love you. You are 24. The woman that loves you is 55. Because she's white. They are looking for how to run. Hmm? You don't have the fear of God. You have the fear of life. And that's not how to solve life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Remember what I taught on Sunday? What you have is enough. The women around you in this country is enough. <laughs> Gideon said amen. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, don't, see, don't kill yourself. This world is tough. Make it easy on yourself. Are you hearing all those time you are spending online to look for foreign girlfriend online? I love you. You have not seen somebody. You love them. I, don't waste your time. Hmm? Don't waste your time. And we need to say these things because unfortunately you find people who call themselves believers engaged in things like these because they cannot trust God to bless them. There is nothing in this life than being dependent on God. It will free you from a lot of manipulation. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Okay. I remember... Uh, where did I say she turned to? First Kings chapter 17. Couple, uh, I, when I went to, to preach in the US, I went to preach in a place called New Albany in Mississippi area. Before I went there, the, the pastor sent me a mail. It was like, how much do I receive when I preach? I told him, no, I don't. I don't have a fixed. There's no like prize. <laughs> you know. So he was like, oh, he's very surprised that he's a couple of people who come from Africa to come preach for him. You know, to tell him how much they want to get and everything. You see, you do all that because you're hungry. You do all that because you feel that God cannot bless you. Hmm? Let me tell you something. Go spend time meditating on the scriptures of provisions and let your heart rest in the fact that God can meet all your needs. Learn that. First Kings 17. Verse 3. Verse 2. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Go away from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherit, which is east of the Jordan. It shall be that you will drink of the brook and have commanded, glory to God, the ravens to do what? To provide for you where? To, come on, are you there with your Bible? To provide for you where? There. That means there is a specific place God is going to send the ravens. I've commanded the ravens to provide for you there. Verse 4. It shall be that you will drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. There is a place that the ravens will meet your needs. Funny enough, these ravens, they, 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 you know, people, well, I haven't really studied much about it, but I've heard some people say, well, these ravens don't even take care of their own young. They are that stingy. 
You know, if God can use ravens to feed the prophet, if you're in the right place, God can use the ravens to feed you also. Can I get an amen? So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and lived by the brook chariot. So the prophet went and lived by the brook chariot, which is the east of Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. Now imagine that the, the, the man decided that I don't like brook sherrits. Huh? I want to stay by the west of Jordan. There's a finer brook there. Come on, do you think the ravens are going to trace Elijah to where he is? Talk to me. Do you think the ravens are going to trace Elijah to where he is? What's going to happen? He's going to miss the provision of God. Come on, follow me now. Because he's not where? At the right place. You need to pay attention to this. Are you still here? He's going to miss God's provision because he's not at the right place. How many of you think that many people missing the provision of God today because they are not where they need to be? God has already commanded the ravens. God had already sent them to a specific location. You need to be where God wants you to be so you can get what God has ordained for you. It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him again saying, Arise! Go to Zarephath, which belonged to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, the two things that stand out in this verse for me is the fact that God says, I have commanded the ravens to provide for you. But the ravens will provide for you in the brook sherit. And it says, I have commanded the widow to provide for you. And the widow will provide for you, where? Um, At Sidon. Zarephath. So every time God talks about provision, He talks about geography. Talks about places. You've got to be at the right place. So you can experience the provision of God. And God knows how to take you to places that you need to be in. And if you, if you don't, if there's no need asking, Lord, am I at the right place right now? Just do what you need to do. If the Lord needs to shift you, He would speak that to you. Hallelujah. Sometimes in our heart, naturally, we can desire places. It's good to present these things before the Lord. It's good to present these, these things before the Lord. And that's why one of the easiest ways to follow the Lord, it might, look, it might look naive, but one of the easiest ways to follow the Lord is not to have too many idols in your heart. I want this, I want this, I want this. It might almost make you look like you don't have goals or you don't have ambition for the good things of life. But that's not true. It makes it easy. For instance, if you ask me now, what, where do I really want to go and do ministry? <laughs> Just where the doors open. In fact, even in my life, I realized that a lot of people, a lot of places people like, I really don't like those places. For instance, I've got a lot of pastor's friends who like Lagos. I don't like Lagos. Really, I don't like Lagos. You know, people like, wow, Portacot. I tend to always like maybe quiet places like this or something. All right? But when you have in your heart, we need to go to Abuja, where the senators are. We need to touch the seat of government. You begin to struggle with where you are. But if the Lord wants you there, He will open the doors for you to go there. How many of you know God is big enough to take you where He needs to get you to? You've got to rest in that fact. Don't let your friends put pressure on you. There's nothing happening in Boni. There's nothing happening in Portaco. There's nothing happening in Lagos. There's nothing happening in Nigeria. No, we are where God wants us to be. And if God needs to command the ravens, He will command the ravens to bring supplies to us. Can I get an amen? 
Alright. Now, let's look at places again. Second Peter chapter 2. Come on, follow this now. I need you to follow this. This is, this is another dimension of places. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 8. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 8. <laughs> you know, Lot chose Sodom. The Bible says, For by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in places where our righteous soul is tormented. You need to be careful of that. That's one of the reasons why, why the spiritual stamina of Lot was not enough to resist all of that. He chose Sodom. He chose to stay among people that torment their righteous soul. And it affected him. Made him to lose everything. You are a young man. You are always in the company of, 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 of men who 95% of their discussion is about women. What are you doing? You are tormenting your righteous soul by their lawless deeds. And you know what will begin to happen? It will begin to deaden your conscience and begin to plant the spirit of lust and immorality in you. Over time, you would realize that you have become like them. Don't stay in the place where your righteous soul is tormented. Don't go there. It will affect everything. This man chose Sodom. Scripture says in Genesis, he chose Sodom before the Lord destroyed Sodom. Meanwhile, Abraham, God told Abraham, wherever your eyes see, I will give to you. He chose. Abraham gave him the place. Then he went to find himself, find himself among homosexuals and all kinds of people. The Bible says they tormented his righteous soul. Some of us are in places where our righteous soul is tormented. A child of God, just because things are hard, you now decide to go and walk in a club. Because hmm? things are tough. You walk in a club. Seeing underwear, seeing underskirts, seeing all kinds of things, serving alcohol, dancing music. You'll be deceiving yourself that you'll be listening, I'll be listening to pastor while I'm walking. Hmm? So, <laughs> then the day that some of the dancers are not complete, they say you should join them to, to complete the number. You are just tormenting yourself. You are there, you are hissing, there hissing, there hissing. Ah, 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 people like this. Ah, why are people like this? Hey, how can a human being live like this? Ah, all these ones are people's children. The first one week, it will be like that. The second one week, you say, hey, by people's children, what will they do when there is no job? The third one week, say we are all people's children. At least we are here. Before you know, you are saying we are together. It's just dancing in the morning. You are tormenting your righteous soul. Sometimes you just tell yourself, I'd rather suffer than find myself in certain places. And I need to say this. I know it might not please some people, but I've even heard of pastors owning betting centers. Hmm? As multiple streams of income, you now open gambling centers as a pastor. What are you looking for? Hmm? You know, a, a pastor told me, one pastor told me the other time, you know, the thing is making money. I said, can I pray a prayer for you? He said, tell me the prayer first before I pray it. I wanted, you know what I prayed? <laughs> of course, maybe it wasn't a good prayer. I would have told you that, you know what? I will ask God for only one thing. Let your son be addicted to that thing you realize that it's not a good thing. Hmm? You put other people's children there. 
You allow that people's home to be ruined. You're looking for money. Don't go to where your righteous soul is tormented. Don't go to where the conversations. Huh? All your friends, they always, after war, go to beer parlor. You say, it's malt. I, I, I drink. They know me, I drink malt. So, you now have eight green bottles and your malt. Even you, you are ashamed. Do, is it Bible study you are discussing there? Eh? Is it Bible study you are discussing? Look at what was happening to you. Day by day, by their lawless deed, they tormented his righteous soul. Small time, you will be discussing Fela. Then you will now say that if even Fela is a prophet. You, you, that Fela is a prophet. That most of the things happening, Fela as a prophet. You, a child of God. Hmm? You will now be calling Fela a prophet. So, you, in your mind, as a believer, because you are in a wrong place, Fela and, and Hezekiah and Ezekiel and Nahum, they are prophets of God. Because hmm? you are a good Bible interpreter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are some temptations you can avoid by avoiding places. Write that down. There are temptations you can avoid by doing what? Avoiding places. And don't go with your chest open that nothing will happen. Something will happen. Hmm? He was living among them and his righteous soul was tormented. Do you realize? Let me say this. I, I really need to finish this tonight. But do you realize something? I said there are some temptations you can avoid by avoiding certain places. Do you realize something? Do you realize that when Abraham hmm, interceded with God, that if ten righteous men are found in Sodom, God will preserve Sodom. Do you realize something? Ten righteous men were not found. It was not the sin of Sodom that eventually dis- destroyed Sodom. It was the fact that there were no righteous men. Now ask yourself. Lot had two daughters. Lot had uh, shepherds, right? That, because it was because of the shepherds that were fighting with Abraham that made him to, to run. Lot had shepherds. Lot had two daughters. Lot had a wife. So let's even leave all the shepherds. Lot, Lot, right? Lot's wife and the two daughters. That's four. That means all the time that Lot lived in Sodom, he could not convert six people. Because if he had six plus him being four, they would have been ten. Sodom would have been saved. That means for all the years that he lived in Sodom, he brought no one to righteousness. No one to the understanding of covenant. So when it was time to say, if we find ten righteous men in the city, he didn't find anything. And to know how things have entered into the heart of Lot's wife, materialism and covetousness. The angel said, do not look back. He remembered all the things. She looked back. So he went to Sodom. Lost the wife. Lost everything. His two daughters had to sleep with him. To give birth. Sister Mary read that when she was praying. They gave birth to some of the nations that troubled Israel. See the, see the consequences of going to a wrong, wrong place. Hmm? Find yourself in wrong places. You meet the wrong people. For you know, make the wrong choice. Enter the wrong gang. And if you trace everything wrong with your life, you will find out that it's because you went to certain places. There are certain iniquity you will have no knowledge of if you don't find yourself in certain places. There's wisdom to run, to flee. Let me tell you this now. Look at this. Let me show you another man that found himself in a place he shouldn't find himself and something else happened to him. First Samuel 19.4, quickly. 
1 Samuel 19 chapter 19 and verse 4. Places will impact you. Places will impact you. Is that what I'm looking for? No, that's not what I'm looking for. Go to Luke 5.17. Let me search that out. Go to Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. Let me find out that. One day as he was teaching the power that, uh, one day as he was teaching and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the Lord sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal. The power of the Lord was present to heal. So you found out that because Jesus was teaching there, that environment contained the healing power of God. Now, I want to I get this scripture for you. Uh, let me search this out very quickly. 1 Samuel 10, 11. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus was teaching the healing power of God. So if you go to that meeting, the healing power of God will come in upon you. That's why it's important to come to church. When you come to church, the anointing of God is released. It's a place that can change your life. Uh, let's go to verse 10. 1 Samuel 10, 10. Then we come to verse 11. When, uh, verse 9. <laughs> Sorry. Go to 1 Samuel. Then it happened when he turned back to leave Samuel. God changed his heart and all those signs came about on that day. Go to verse 10. When they came to the hill there, behold, a group of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him mightily, so that he prophesied among them. Go to verse 11. It came about when all who knew him previously saw that he prophesied now with the prophets, that the people said to one another, What has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Do you know what happened? The, the, um, Saul was pursuing David. And he ran into this company of prophets. And then he began to prophesy. What happened? He got to a place where the spirit of prophecy rested. And what happened? He began to prophesy. While in Luke that we read, Luke chapter, chapter 5 verse 17, what happened? The, Jesus was teaching and the healing power of God was present. So if any sick person had gotten in there, they would be healed. So there are spirits in atmospheres. There are mantles in atmospheres. That's why sometimes when you associate with certain group of people, you pick up certain dimensions of spirit or you get into certain places. Go to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2. This is very, very, very important. That's why sometimes when you live in certain places, you need to be careful of the prevailing spirit in those places. Make sure they don't get a hold of you. You take authority over them. There are places where there are high level of promiscuity. When you stay in those lands, you've got to be discerning. Places where there are high levels of violence. You've got to just be sure of where you are. Acts chapter 2 verse 3 to 4. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. What did the Bible say? It says, go and wait for me in Jerusalem. Tarry and wait. So everyone who was in the upper room got filled with the Holy Ghost. But you realize that those who were not in the upper room, 
they didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost. That means the Holy Ghost came on a place. What am I trying to say? I've shown you how geography affects your destiny. I've also shown you how certain places affect your destiny. When you go to certain meetings, they can, they can affect what you receive. And that's very important. Now that sometimes you can't just open yourself to everywhere. The Bible says, test all spirits. Hmm? Despise not prophecy, but test all spirits. Who you hang out with, you would ultimately become. Never, write this down, never underestimate the power of influence. Never underestimate the power of influence. Whether you like it or not, anybody you're close to is influencing you rightly or negatively. Don't underestimate it. Don't say say you're too big for it. No. Never underestimate the power of what? Of influence. Are you still here? Come on, I said, are you still here? Alright. Now, let's, that's all for places. Let's, let's do purpose briefly. I have a full teaching on purpose, so you can request it. The purpose driven life, 10 reasons why people don't fulfill their purpose. But I just want to give you a summary of this to end up this series. For purpose, write this. Isaiah, we're going to just read three scriptures. Just three scriptures, and I'll be done. This is not an extensive teaching on purpose. Uh, just a bit to help you. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1. Give me Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1. We're looking at purpose. God has a purpose for you before you came to this world. But now, thus says the Lord your creator. I like the way he introduced himself there. Thus says the Lord your creator. O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you I have called you by name and you are mine. You are mine. Before you were formed, God has called you by name. He knows you by name. There is a purpose for your life. There is something God wants you to do. It doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth. There is a purpose. And if you find it, it will determine a lot of things about your life. Many people go about life not finding out God's purpose for them. Many people go about life not finding out what God wants them to do. They just leave. They just leave. He says, I've called you by name. You are mine. You belong to me. There is a reason why I called you. There is a reason I created you. David says, my soul knows this well. My, when I was formed in my inward parts. Jesus says in your book, it is written of me to do thy will. That means when Jesus came, there is a purpose. There is an assignment for your life. You've got to find it. You have to find out why you are here on earth. You are not just here for money, for marriage, for children. There is something God wants you to do with your life. That's your purpose. You know, most times, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. You know that. You know, most times when we have our children... We, we need to pray that always. We need to ask God, why did you give me this child? Why did you give me this boy? Why did you give me this girl? Pray that prayer. God, why am I here? What do I represent? What do I bring to this earth? Praise the name of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you as a prophet and ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah chapter 1. Chapter 1 verse 5. Is my English very foreign? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Chapter number 1. 
verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. One of the things I want you to pick here is God always talks about their purpose, even while they are in their mother's womb. There is something God has created you for. You've got to find it. And once you find it, you need to pursue it. Get our series on the purpose-driven life and 10 reasons why people don't fulfill their purpose. That's going to help you a lot. Last scripture. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15. I like this one. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15. People, places, and purpose. Your purpose actually should determine the people you relate with. Your purpose actually should determine the places you go. Look at what Paul said about himself. But when, but when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, was pleased. Go to verse next verse. Let me see what it says there. To reveal his son in me, so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Can you see, go, go back, go back to the previous verse, verse 15. Can you see what Paul says? Paul says, God separated me from my mother's womb. But do you realize that Paul was a murderer killing people for believing in this same God hmm? that is preaching. That means that people can be zealous in the wrong thing. And in fact, people can be successful in the wrong thing. He was successful in killing people until God had mercy on him and encountered him. And after God had mercy on him and encountered him, he now said, listen, from my mother's womb, I have actually been separated to preach this gospel of grace. That means all the years Paul spent pursuing Judaism and all of that, he was not fulfilling purpose. The fact that you are busy does not mean you are fulfilling purpose. The fact that you even have money does not mean you're fulfilling purpose. There is something while you were in your mother's womb, there is a problem God brought you here to solve. While you were in your mother's womb, there is an assignment God brought you here for. And you've got to find it because it's a major determinant in life. And once you find that assignment, pursue it with the whole of your heart. Pursue it with the whole of your heart. In the place of your purpose is your provision. In the place of your purpose is your protection. In the place of your purpose is your posterity. That's what people will remember you for. People might not remember you for the house you drive. People might not remember you for the clothes you wear. People might not remember how handsome or how beautiful you are. But people would remember you for your contributions. People will remember you for living out your purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. Come and I said praise the name of the Lord. In your purpose is your provision. In your purpose is your posterity, your legacy. In your purpose is your protection. When a man starts working out God's will for his life, the angel of the Lord's presence will begin to guide him, will begin to, you know, make sure he's preserved to give back what God wants him to do. See, you're not an accident. There is an assignment for your life. It doesn't matter all the experiences you've had, good or bad. You have a chance to go before the Lord and ask Him. There is a purpose for your life. There is an assignment for your life. There is a reason God created you. You're not a misfit. You might have very terrible experiences. You might have had very bad experiences. But the truth of the matter is that there is a purpose. David had terrible experiences. Joseph had terrible experiences. Daniel had terrible experiences. But God picked them. God used them to shape the course of nations. And it's not, it's not surprising that 
at this time we're talking about a subject like this our nation is bleeding I believe that there are people in the church that God is called into governance I believe that there are people in the church that God is called into into music I believe there are people in the church that God is called into whatever sector of society education uh, governance leadership politics uh, the military I believe that there are people God is also putting their heart to get into the military you see, because we cannot pray reformation in these places without people. It's people that God will use to reshape these things. And I believe that people are anointed for these, for these things. There is a grace on your life. It might be to serve someone. Praise the name of the Lord. It might be to, you know, those two women. I talked about the two women who changed the world. The, the midwives in Egypt. What was their purpose? Just to allow and make sure that the, 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 the Hebrew women were able to give birth. And God, reco- God recorded that to them. So, the, I mean, there are people called into the medical field. And I want to believe tonight that our hearts will, 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 will long to fulfill purpose. That our hearts will long to be at the right place. And our hearts will long for the right relationships. Destiny is at stake. Destiny is at stake. I say this lastly. There's something I read about Joseph that changed my life. Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God, God turned it around for good. He says, he brought me here to preserve your life. That means that if Joseph had not fulfilled his purpose, the whole of the nation of Israel would have died of hunger. So your purpose is not just for you. You cannot be selfish about life. Your purpose is connected to other people. If the Lord didn't bring us here, probably would have sent someone. But we would not have a church here if myself and my wife and my family were not obedient to the Father to come here. If we considered many things, praise the Lord, we considered so many things and we said no to that assignment, you might not be hearing this message tonight. We might not have been able to bless your life the way we're blessing your life right now. The truth of the matter is that there is a place for you. There is a purpose for you. And I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to lean on Him. I've learned to say, God, if this is what you want, there is no anxiety. You know how best to bring things to us. You know how best to supply our needs. You know how best to get the church going. Hallelujah. God's got good and great plans for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We yield to your wisdom. To be at the right place at the right time. Father God, we pray that you give us the courage and the strength to walk away from places and from people that affect our purpose. We pray that you will help us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.